0: Please take your Bibles and turn together now to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus 20, as we continue on in our series in the Ten Commandments, we come tonight to the fifth commandment. Exodus 20, verse 12. Before I read Exodus 20, I'm going to actually read from Deuteronomy 5, verse 16. This is the parallel Version of the Ten Commandments, but there's a slight addition um, to the Fifth commandment here at the end of the Fifth commandment in Deuteronomy chapter five. So I'll read this verse from Deuteronomy, and then we'll flip back together to Exodus 20. Please hear God's living and active word. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long. And that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And now look at Exodus chapter 20 beginning in verse 12. I'll read down through the end of the Ten Commandments at verse 17. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder You shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. That's where we'll end the reading of God's word. Let's stop and pray together. Father, we do thank you for your word, and we ask that you would make us wise by it it, and teach us. Lord, may it be sweeter to us than honey. Uh, May you show us our sin, uh, but more than that, show us our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Please convict us. uh, Please conform us to his image. Uh, We pray that you would teach us to honor those you have placed over us. And to be honorable to those you have placed under us. And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Youth today love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority, no respect for older people, and talk nonsense when they should work. Young people do not stand up any longer when adults enter the room. They contradict their parents, talk too much in company, guzzle their food, lay their legs on the table, and tyrannize their elders, end quote. That quote was not from a Wall Street Journal editorial. It wasn't from a um, worked-up local school principal or an angry parent. It was actually written 400 years before Christ by a Greek philosopher named Socrates, But an even more ancient sage once said in Proverbs 22, verse 15, folly is bound up in the heart of a child. And we all start out as children, and we all have a sinful nature. But this is why God gives us parents, and this is one of the reasons why he's given us the fifth commandment, and why he calls us in the fifth commandment to love our parents, to learn from them, to honor them, and not just parents, but all those who are over us. And he calls us to this for our good, and because this is his world. He is our father, and he's our ultimate authority. And that's what his word calls each and every one of you here tonight to. God calls you to honor the Lord, to honor him, by honoring those he has placed over you. That is the call here from Exodus 20, to honor the Lord by honoring those he has placed over you. Well, let's look at that together tonight, and I I want you to see, first of all, that this commandment and the next five commandments together call you to love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. You've heard this already as we were introducing the Ten Commandments, but look again at those Uh, Commandments in the second table of the law in verses 12 through 17. Uh, You see that the fifth commandment is in a larger section of the Ten Commandments dealing with honoring and loving your neighbor. Uh, The fifth commandment begins what we call the second table of the law. Uh, The first table of the law, the first part of God's law where we've been uh, before is all about love of God and the worship of God. The second table, which we begin tonight, is all about love of others. God has given us rules and structure and boundaries for our relationship with him, first of all, but now he gives us those for our relationship to others. How should we relate to our parents, to authorities? How should we relate to a spouse or to those of the opposite sex? How should we speak about others? How should we treat their life or their property? What does it look like to love our neighbors? Jesus summarized the second table of the law as in this way. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 1 Peter 2.17 is even shorter. Honor everyone. Well, the fifth commandment gets specific and starts with honor and love close to home. In fact, in the home. And it's significant that this is where God starts in this table, with the first and most basic human relationship. It's as if God says, I want you learning and practicing love and honor and respect here in your very first relationship. Well, as we look at this commandment in the next five in the weeks ahead, remember they call you at the most basic level to love. Love your neighbor. And this is not a mere feeling. This is not a a tolerance or acceptance of all, regardless of right and wrong. It is an active commitment to do what is best for others according to God's truth and to God's love. It is a fruit of the Spirit that flows from our love for God who first loved us, even when we were dead in our sins. Well, with that foundation, love your neighbor, what does that love look like? How is it to be practiced? What is the fifth commandment calling us to? Well, the fifth commandment calls you, uh, number two tonight, to honor those over you. Honor those over you. Look again with me at uh, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has is giving you. We're going to spend the most time tonight on this point. God calls you to honor those over you. Honor your father and your mother. It seems pretty simple on the surface, but like all of the commandments, uh, there's much more because the Ten Commandments are a summary of the full moral law of God. In each commandment, there's a positive and a negative side, which means you must not dishonor Your father and your mother. And also that the father and mother must be honorable and love those who are under them. Each commandment represents a whole category of moral behavior as well. We've talked about this. Which means this commandment includes not just honoring your father and your mother, but any and all people who God has placed over you. But it all starts in the home. God calls you to honor your father and your mother. Now, honor is not this bygone virtue of medieval knights. Honor literally means to give due weight. We are to recognize people in positions of weight and dignity like our parents. And honoring them means respecting them, esteeming and valuing them in their position where God has placed them. The opposite of honor is dishonor. To dishonor someone means you disregard their value and their weight. You treat them lightly. But think about something that has real weight, something that's actually very heavy. Uh, There's a sense in which you have to respect it. You can't just treat it lightly or try to pick it up. Uh, You'll get hurt. Uh, There's a reason why it usually takes six to eight grown men to move a full-size piano. It's heavy. Well, God has made us to live under authority in various spheres of life, starting in the home. He's made us to regard and treat others with weight, with honor and respect. And contrary to popular opinion, this is actually good for us. And God is our ultimate authority, whether we recognize it or not. And we're ultimately, first and foremost, called to honor him. But one of the ways we honor God is in part by honoring those he has placed over us. By honoring those he has established under him and over us, whether it's in the home or in the church, in our workplace, in society. And this is one of the ways God brings order and helps maintain peace and security in the various spheres of human existence. Now, in our individualistic and autonomous age, rising out of the 60s, this age has been trying to throw off this order and this weight. It sees this as burdensome, outdated, unnecessary. It wants to give ultimate and unlimited authority and freedom to the individual, whether that's socially or morally or sexually. Uh, But this so-called freedom is not freedom, it's foolishness. Imagine, I want you to imagine getting into a plane where there was no one in charge. Uh, There was no authority. Uh, There was no one set apart as the pilot. There was no one who actually designed the plane. There was no mechanic that inspected it. There was no seating arrangement. There was no one in the control tower overseeing arrivals and departures. That would be a dangerous, disastrous mess. And no one in their right mind would get in such a plane. I think we can understand maybe more easily the need for order and authority when it comes to physical laws and our physical safety. Uh, We want our our pilots to be in charge and to have gone to flight school. Uh, We want our planes to be governed by standards. But we increasingly do not like or do not see the need for moral authority for moral structures and boundaries, when it comes to our relationships or right and wrong, or our spiritual well-being. And the results, as we have wanted this as a society, the results are really not a big surprise. Uh, The family is breaking down. There's rioting in the streets. Evil is called good. Uh, The whole sexual revolution, the moral chaos that we read about and see, A rising crime and poverty. This is why God established authority and order right from the start. Honoring authority is good and right. It actually brings freedom and flourishing. It actually preserves peace and morality to a certain extent when that authority operates rightly under the authority of God. And this all starts in the home. Parents, fathers, and mothers. The fifth commandment says God has put you in charge and has entrusted you with great gifts and responsibility, children. And you're to take that authority in an honorable way. God calls your children to honor and respect you and your authority. And your, your standards are to be God's standards. But this all means your children are called to listen to you. They're called to promptly and cheerfully, to the best of their ability, obey you. It means you are called to teach them the ways of God. And none of this is easy. It takes practice and consistency and time and sacrifice and prayer and so much of the grace of God. Children like us are sinners by nature. There are a lot of different stages as children grow but I want you to notice here in Exodus 20, God doesn't give exceptions or qualifiers when he calls children to honor their father and mothers. It doesn't say honor your father and mother until you're 13, or until you can drive, or until you're out of the house, or honor them until your parents are old and frail. A rebellion, disrespect, um, autonomy is not just an ordinary part of growing up, it's sinful. It's sinful. It's wrong. Uh, It is against God's law. Now, we we recognize there will be sin in any relationship this side of heaven. And that's why we need the commandments. That's why we need authority and discipline. That's why we need, most of all, a Savior. Uh, Thanks be to God for giving us the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, There will be unique personalities and temptations at different times and for different individuals. But God's standard is clear, honor. Honor your father and your mother. And children, I hope you're listening carefully to God's word tonight. God calls you to honor your parents, to listen to them, to respect them, to obey them, and to speak frankly when you're young, and this is true for all of us when we were young, your parents are generally smarter than you, they're bigger than you, they're stronger, they're wiser. And that's okay. That's that's good. That's intentional. Uh, They're not just by virtue of being parents out of touch with the world and not understanding. They were once your age. Uh, They themselves are under authority as well. Honor your parents. Uh, This doesn't stop when you are out of the house. Uh, Yes, it changes, but it doesn't stop. And as I already alluded to, this commandment includes... I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but it includes honoring other authorities. It includes honoring your leaders in the church, uh, in the workplace, in broader society. And as you honor these authorities, you actually show your honor and your love for God. And think about it. How will you honor your heavenly father who you do not see if you dishonor your earthly father or those over you who you do see? Many claim to honor and love the Lord and want to do great things for Him, and that's wonderful. But how do they treat the people who are closest to them? Do they honor others in ordinary life? How do they treat their mother? Do they love and respect her? How do they treat the police officer, the professor, the boss? God calls you to honor all of these people because because ultimately you honor him and you belong to him. Now, as you're listening to all this and and taking it in, you may be thinking, but what about those who abuse authority? What about about those who are dishonorable? There's actually more warnings in scripture about the misuse of authority. Or maybe you're thinking, what if if your parents aren't Christians and, and are really flawed and just don't understand you? Well, that means you're living in the real world. Uh, there's no such thing as perfectly honorable parents, a perfect uh, perfect leader. Our government is not what it should be. Those over us are often not Christians. Uh, what then? What do we do then? Well, every situation is different, and we can't uh, go through every situation. But notice again what the, what the commandment does not say. It doesn't say... Honor your father and your mother if you like them. Or honor your father and your mother if you always agree with them. Or honor them if you think they're good. No, it says honor your father and mother. And one of the things we need to understand is that God calls us to honor those over us in the Lord. Under the reality that he is God. And he is our ultimate authority. Ultimate honor is due to him. Paul kind of clarifies this in Ephesians 6, verse 1. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. In the Lord means according to the Lord's honor. Obey them insofar as you can still obey and honor the Lord. There will be times when you can't obey an authority because they contradict God's authority. And at that point, with hopefully prayer and counsel and and careful thought, at that point you must obey God rather than man. Well, we have covered a lot of ground, and we actually have just scratched the surface, but I want you to keep thinking about the implications of this in your various roles and relationships. How should I honor those who God has placed over me? How should I conduct myself towards those who are called to honor me. How should I love them? God calls you to honor those over you, and he calls you to be honorable to those he has placed under you. And there's a lot more we could unpack there. But I want us to move on and see also tonight, number three, that you are called to know the promise. Know the promise. Recognize the blessing of obeying this commandment. Look again at verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, and then it goes on. That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This is interesting and unique because in this commandment, it's as if God gives an incentive. Uh, Paul calls it a promise in Ephesians 6. Long days and long life in the land is promised here. And the promise is extended in Deuteronomy 5, I read that earlier, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you. Now we need to be clear first on what this doesn't mean. Uh, This is not a health and wealth gospel just snuck into the Ten Commandments here. This is not the, the secret to a long, happy, wealthy, successful life. This is not a covenant of works where God's saying, Obey and I'll reward you obey and then you can be my people this is not works righteousness well if you're good then you can get land and life we need to understand that both the the gift of land and the gift of life in the land uh, they were just that gifts they were undeserved gifts of grace to begin with and remember we talked about this earlier these rules the ten commandments followed redemption They followed redemption and they followed an already established relationship. God was not saying, if you follow these rules, then I will redeem you. Or then you can be in relationship with me. It's the other way around. What God is saying is that this is an extremely important principle. To live a blessed and flourishing life as my people while I give you life, you need to take this seriously. You're going to want to pay attention and keep this commandment. Life can't go well and won't go well. It won't be long and blessed when children dishonor their parents, when authority is disregarded. Now, why is God saying this? Well, first and foremost, because parents were to teach their children the faith. That's what Deuteronomy 6 is all about. Parents were to teach them to know and trust and obey God, their Savior and Lord. And if parents, the primary and first source of learning the faith, were disregarded and dishonored, they could not expect God's blessing. He would not allow them to stay in the land, but would discipline them. God includes this promise also because the family is the foundation, the, the basic building block of society. And because of this, God takes this very seriously. Uh, the stakes are high, we could say. The well being of the society, to a large extent, certainly under the grace of God, of course, but to a large extent, depends on children honoring and learning from parents. And again, it's ultimately the grace of God, but God uses means and He uses the family. He uses this parent-child relationship often to be very foundational. Cotton Mather once said, families are the nurseries for church and the commonwealth. Ruin families and you ruin all. Another reason why God is, is saying this here is because you in part learn to honor and to submit to your father in heaven by learning to honor your father and your mother on earth. And we also need to recognize that as we think about this, that the family and this relationship has been under attack, not only throughout the history of the world, but increasingly in our own society. The self-proclaimed champions of the family are doing everything they can to ruin the biblical family and this this system of honor, whether by legislation, things like abortion, LGBTQ rights, euthanasia, Public schools usurping the rule of of parents and indoctrinating children. Uh, Even technology has threatened the family in new ways. And so we need to hold fast to the word of God and to this foundational principle. God promises to bless obedience in the home by his grace. Uh, He promises to bless the, the training and passing on of the faith. The honoring of authorities, not by works, not by human effort, but by his grace and through his means. And we need to know this and we need to believe this and seek to live this out by faith for his glory and for the good of our children. uh, For the good of our churches and our country, our society. And so brothers and sisters, know the promise, know the significance and blessing of seeking to live according to God's word. But this all leads us to a fourth point uh, briefly tonight, and that is, in all of this, uh, you and I must trust the Son. Uh, You must trust the Son, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it. Who of us has honored our father and mother? Who of us has honored those over us as we ought, perfectly? Who of us have always been honorable parents or authorities? We all fall short, do we not? We're all born in sin. All of us come out dishonoring our parents, dishonoring our creator, rebelling against God. And the situation is really hopeless if this was where we left off. God's standard can't be achieved and life is Chaotic and sinful and dishonorable, a a total mess. But brothers and sisters, into this mess, a child was born and a son was given. Not another rebellious, dishonoring child, but Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man. And he was born into this world of rebellious, foolish, wicked people who dishonor not just their earthly parents, but their God and their creator. And Jesus had earthly parents who were not perfect, and yet he loved and respected and honored them without fail. Even to the end, from the cross, Jesus honored and cared for his widowed mother. He also perfectly honored and pleased his uh, Father in heaven, God the Father. And so God said to him, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Before he went to the cross, Jesus prayed, Father, honor, glorify your name. And that was why he came, to honor the name of his father. And on the cross, he was rejected by his father because he bore your sins if you are trusting in him. He took the just punishment for you dishonoring your parents for dishonoring God's law, for dishonoring your creator, your God. You and I were children of wrath, children of darkness. And yet because he was the perfect child, the perfect son, and he took your sin and your penalty, you can be children of God. And friends, you and I will not be the children that we ought to be. Our children and their children will fail. We all fail to honor authorities and even the God who gave us life. And this is why we must, you must look to the Son. Look to and trust in Jesus Christ alone, the only perfect Son who kept this commandment and all of them for us, for sinners. And by looking to Him, you can be children of God by faith in Him. Children who even now can begin to show honor to him and others in a dishonorable world. Children who will one day fully and finally be like him. Perfect children. Honoring, loving, and delighting the Father in the world to come. And so friends, look to and trust the Son. And as we close tonight considering the fifth commandment, know that Jesus is the Savior Not only is he the savior as the perfect son who honored his parents and his father for us and died to pay for our dishonor and disobedience. Not only is he that son, he is also the king. And he is the one who is in charge. He is the ultimate authority to whom all honor is due. And men can rage and rebel against his reign and his authority. They can dis- they can seek to destroy and overthrow him and his kingdom. They can disregard his rule, his word, his worship. They can try to persecute his people, but not forever and not without consequence because he is no mere child. He is the son of God. As Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 9, he is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the government is upon his shoulders. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. His kingdom will be established and upheld with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. And as Paul put it in Philippians, speaking of Jesus, Philippians 2, he said, He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Friends, every knee will bow to the Son, and to the king who came and lived and died and rose again and who is right now reigning. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. But I want to ask you tonight, are you bowing to him, to the king, to the one who is ultimately in charge and on the throne? Are you bowing to him now? Do not wait until it's too late. Honor him now. Start right at home. In the ordinary relationships of life, show who your king is. Show who your heavenly father is. Show who's in in charge, King Jesus. Show that by faith in him, seeking to live like him. Honoring those over you because you honor him. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we have considered a lot quickly tonight from your word. And we need your Holy Spirit to give us ears to hear and allow your word to sink into our hearts and, and penetrate and bear fruit. And Lord, we ask that you would do that. Uh, Lord, we ask where, where you have found sin in our hearts that you would lead us to repent and confess and seek the forgiveness and mercy of Christ. And we ask that you would conform us to Him, his image. And we pray that you would bring honor and glory to his name. We thank you and praise you that he came to this world to do what we could not do, uh, to save us from our sins. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.